Hey guys, so I just wanted to come on here before today's episode to remind you, if you haven't done so already, to rate five stars in your Apple Podcasts app, okay? And once you're in there, why not leave a review? You can let me know how I'm doing. You can give me suggestions up to what type of topics you would like me to discuss and also any guests that you would like to have featured on the show. And no worries if you don't have Apple Podcasts. You can always just take a screenshot of this episode or of any other pictures that you would like me to see on Instagram and tag me in it. You can always also send me an email. Everything will be linked down below. I love to interact with my listeners, okay? Let me know how I'm doing. Give me any feedback. I'm not going to take too much of your time. Let's get into the episode. Do I look fat? Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Do I Look Fat podcast. It's your girl, Steffi Kiss. This week's guest is a fellow New Yorker, entrepreneur, and the founder of Chiseled Beauty, Rocio. Hey girl, how are you doing? Hey Steffi, I'm good. Happy to be here with you. <laughs> Thank you. So I'm gonna let my listeners know because we're, we're real transparent yeah. over here, okay? <laughs> we literally were talking for like 15 minutes and yeah. it wasn't reporting because, you know, technical issues or whatever (laughs) um but tell my listeners you are the founder of chiseled beauty tell us what your company is about so chiseled beauty is um a strip lash um line uh that i developed during the pandemic i launched during the pandemic um so we just have lashes for everyone for every occasion um and we're you know little by little every day we're growing a little bit more we're very excited to be where we are Yes, yes, yes. The fact that you launched during a pandemic is one of the best things for me. It's just like it it's so great to see you strive and do the best you can with limited, you know, resources. Yeah, um, no, but we're going to get into that later, yeah. okay? Cuz I yes, definitely yeah. want to deep dive <laughs> into that. Um yeah. first, even though you answered these already, we're yeah. going to do it again. <laughs> I'm ready <laughs> for <because> you. <laughs> my <laughs> listeners didn't get to hear the first time we went through this, but We're going to do a quick icebreaker. As usual, it's would you rather, right? So the first question is, would you rather live without the internet or live without air conditioning and heating? Well, I would rather (laughs) adjust to a life without air conditioning and heating. (laughs) I need my internet. My internet is my connections to my friends, my family, my business. And, you know, like, I could pop a YouTube video on and, and, and see how I can figure out, a, you know, a makeshift fan or, you know, how to, you know, get some heating, I don't know, some insulation. Whatever. Learn I can how figure to build it out. A fire. Yeah. Something. We'll get yes. it together. Um, yeah. Internet has definitely become like the backbone of life in a way. Yes. And it's crazy it really to say, but it, it brings so many people together, especially within the past year with the pandemic and COVID and all of that. Like it just brought families together. It brought, you know, people were able to keep their livelihood, keep their jobs, even though Absolutely, they were stuck in yep. the house. Um, even though homeschooling sucks, kids were able to continue. Oh my God, girl. School. I'm struggling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my poor but, baby. I love them, but I'm struggling. <laughs> can we not? Today, and this is just random. Today, yeah. I was literally sitting. We have a his third period is at 1030, right? Mm-hmm. So at 1030, we're sitting there, whatever. Why is it 1045? The teacher's still not there. <gasps> I was just like, okay. What, what like, is going on? 
I, right. I left. I took a picture of my screen. I texted her. I said, 15 we're minutes. We don't have time for this. Yeah. I left. Like, yeah. I'm not going to have him sit in front of the screen trying mm. to, you know, keep him calm and, you know, active. No, no, no. I was like, no. go watch TV. I was like, there's no school. School's over early today, guys. That's <laughs> it. You got a freebie today. <laughs> Listen, I don't have time. I hear right. you. <laughs> So we're going to get into the next question. Would you rather never be able to eat meat or never be able to eat vegetables again? So I love my veggies. I do. But I need my chicken. I need <laughs> some steak. I need that protein to fuel me, to keep me going. Uh, you know, I'm not a, the biggest carnivore, but but I know myself. I need, you know, I, I, I'm going to need my meat. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I cannot picture my life without chicken. Like whether it's for me or for my son, Ethan only eats chicken. Okay. Right. I always have <laughs> chicken wings or drumsticks or whatever have you in my freezer. Like anybody needs chicken randomly come to my house. Cause I, have. I promise you, I have chicken. Listen, okay. You're going to have people knocking on your door for some chicken. <laughs> Girl, it's wild. And it's like growing up, my mom is Dominican. My father is Puerto Rican. Right. So I didn't grow up eating vegetables. Yeah. That wasn't you. a thing. Yeah. Growing up Hispanic, I'm Dominican, 100% Dominican. By the way, that's a fire combination. Puerto Rican and Dominican. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but they I hate up, each other, though. They hate each other. I, I know. It's, like, wild. it's one of those, you know, things that can live without you, can live with you. So, you know, <laughs> you know. Um, but it's, yeah, I, I, maybe the random carrot, you know, right. we would get here and there or, you know, but literally I think as an adult, that's when I started really introducing myself to like vegetables and, you know, and I do love them, but I, mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> yeah. If you asked me tomorrow, um, I'm yeah. choosing meat. Like yeah, I lived the whole 18 years of my life when my mom was cooking dinner every day, right. Right. <laughs> eating rice, beans and meat. I didn't have Brussels sprouts. I didn't have spinach. I think the most like vegetable meal my mom made was a fucking vegetable lasagna. Like that's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like roasted vegetables. And that was her freaking it, right? <laughs> Girl, like we were like, ooh, it was like a, a holiday when she made what? that shit. <laughs> it's, now she makes it all the time. And I'm like, ma. Can yeah, you please yeah. make just regular lasagna? Like, I'm, right. I don't want the spinach in there no more. Right, right, because right, My right. sister's vegetarian now, so that's the only lasagna. That's she what she needs. feeds her, I see. And I'm just like... <sighs> that's mommy's clean really to fame, leave her alone. <laughs> <laughs> she loves it. She loves that's it. That's awesome. <laughs> All right, so the next question is, would you rather have free Wi-Fi wherever you go or be able to drink unlimited free coffee at any coffee shop? So this is a hard one for me. And the only reason it's hard because I am a coffee fanatic. Mm-hmm. But again, I need my Wi-Fi because I love my internet. It's the connection to my business, the connection to my friends. Mm-hmm. You know, I can like, I can figure it out with the coffee, right. but I need, I need my free Wi-Fi. That'd be awesome. Go, going somewhere every, you know, and getting free Wi-Fi everywhere. You don't have to worry about anything. That'd be great. You never have to worry about internet. Imagine what, okay. So like, I don't know about you, but I don't have cable anymore. Like I disconnected my cable. Yeah. Imagine that bill just being eradicated because yes. you have free Wi-Fi. Yes. I think Wi-Fi is a human right. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone deserves access to the internet. And you know Period. what? That became, a th- and you know, that's a thing because now yeah. with COVID and the schools, yeah. every kid, well, I, I don't want to say every kid, but they made it a mission for like every kid to be, yeah. to have access to the internet and yeah. Wi-Fi. And like, it's a real they thing. They saw it's how like- valuable it was, you know, for mm-hmm. families, you know, and I remember seeing news reports about like, you know, these, these kids, the mom had them at the, um, 
the parking lot of like a Wendy's, I think it was trying to get the Wi-Fi. And that really should shine the light. Like this is a necessity. This is a right for these, you know, for families, for kids. They shouldn't, nobody should have to be, you know, hanging out at a Wendy's to get free Wi-Fi. Right. Right. Especially during like a pandemic. Right. These are hard (laughs) times already. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I should be able to be in the privacy of my house. It should be part of like electricity at this point. I agree 100%. Yes. (laughs) It's not a luxury, right? It's a necessity. It's a necessity. Like you need light, you need water. And unfortunately, you need Wi-Fi. Like even though it's something that I don't even know when Wi-Fi came to be, what, like 15 years ago, maybe something like that. I have no idea, to be honest. But I know when I was in high school, there was no such thing as Wi-Fi. (laughs) (laughs) Like that's all. When I I was in high school, we had the whole dial-up situation. (laughs) Girl, same. When you remember when the AOL used to come in the CD in the mail and used to get like free 1,000 hours of internet? (laughs) Your little floppy. Oh my God, you're excited. Yes. Oh Oh, man, good times. Yo, okay. So this is really random and off subject. But one time... (laughs) One of those discs came in the mail. I was in high school, right? We had just moved from Long Island and we were living in the Bronx Mm -hmm. and um, we were setting up AIM, right? Yeah. And it was like me, my mom and my sister. And my mom had set up her account. She had, she asked me to set up mine, but I was like, I don't know what my screen name is going to be like. This is very important. It's going to follow me around. I have to make a real decision here. (laughs) I have to think about it. When I tell you my mom beat me because... (laughs) I was taking too long and she He's wanted like, to get no. on the internet because <laughs> she couldn't go into the next step apparently until You're I picked my name. The flow. <laughs> she was more excited than you clearly way more excited than me my mom is like technology like driven right my mom has a tiktok first of all okay I love my her mom, my mom <laughs> screenshot me yesterday and she has 1,000 followers on TikTok. What? So I she accidentally seven. puts TikTok. Oh, my God. That's amazing. <laughs> she, I need some of her I, energy because I feel like I don't have TikTok energy. <laughs> girl, but my mom, her videos are so wholesome. Like, it's just like, I know it's a bunch of little kids following her. How cute, like, though. Doing? <laughs> they told each other about her. You got to follow this lady. <laughs> She's so hype. I love to see it because it makes that's her happy. Awesome. You know Absolutely. She's not really using it like to get TikTok famous. Like she likes having fun on it. So right, right, right. I'm gonna put I'm gonna put her TikTok in the show description. Yeah, so, so we can all follow mom. her. I'm gonna have super <laughs> beauty follower. That'd be great. <laughs> all right. So the last question is: Would you rather only wear one color each day, or have to wear seven colors each day? So, in the words of a Kardashian, um, <laughs> no, I would absolutely love to wear one color a day. Mm-hmm. I think it's chic. Yes, chic. Um, it looks elegant. You can come in and out of whatever scenario, situation, and look put together. Mm-hmm. Seven colors could be a bit much. Imagine the headache every day of trying to figure out how to make seven colors work. Because listen, okay, <laughs> let's talk about how people nowadays don't really match their clothes. And they I don't. get it. Everyone has expression. You know, can express right. themselves whichever way you want. But it's like, can we compliment the colors that you're wearing a little right. bit? Like, so I have to look at you. You know what I'm saying? Like, we get it together. They're a conversation piece at any cost. (laughs) Girl, you just be like, ooh, did you see see Kevin with that blue? I don't know what that was. Was it a hoodie? Like, we don't know what's going on over there. Like, when every item you're wearing is a fashion statement, right? (laughs) It's a bit much. 
it's way too much okay this isn't the met gala like i'm gonna exactly. need to settle down just right. a little bit super campy for just you know for no reason <laughs> right right okay so we're gonna get into our first segment yeah. and that is eat your heart out okay and this segment is where we provide my listeners with health tips and gems so today i wanted to discuss with you eating after lap band surgery Right. Yes. Mm -hmm. But before we get into your experience, I wanted to define lap band and give a few tips. So first and foremost, what is lap band? Lap band is a surgery where the surgeon places a thin adjustable ring or gastric bands around the upper part of the stomach. This creates a new smaller stomach pouch. The band regulates the flow of the food between the upper and lower parts of the stomach. So you feel full sooner. Right. Yes. That's absolutely. That's exactly what it is. Yep. Mm -hmm. So this isn't to be confused with the the VSG, right? Right. Which is all. where they cut out a part of right. your stomach. So my yeah, the, so my stomach because I had the lap bands mm -hmm. in 2007. My stomach is still the same stomach they operated on. They didn't change anything of it. They just place this little ring, this this gastric band around it, and um, I get it adjusted every so often. Um, depending on how much I want to eat or how little I want to eat. <laughs> oh, so you can get it readjusted. How oh, does yeah. that work? It's, oh my God, it's the simplest thing. So the band is attached to a port and the port is sewn into your muscle wall. So once they find the port, um, they just inject saline into the band. So just imagine like a little balloon that inflates mm -hmm. with, the, with the saline or um, this, you know, like uh, or when they remove the saline, it kind of goes back to its regular size. So when oh. it doesn't have much saline, um, it's loose. Mm -hmm. But when they actually inject the saline, it puts pressure on the stomach. So you right. can it squeezes less. it. It squeezes it. Exactly. So you can eat less. So like I remember for me, when I had my consultation, I thought for me that the lab band was perfect because it, it gave me some control over my weight loss. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that. I thought I yeah. know you could remove it. Like if yeah. you didn't want it anymore. I didn't know that you can adjust it. Well, yeah, it says adjustable ring. Yeah, duh, Stephanie. <laughs> no, yeah, but honestly, but it, you know what it is too? It, when you think about it, you don't think it's that simple too. And it's literally like a five second injection. Like, right. I thought you were going back under. Like, oh, no, yeah. Oh, so wow. that, that's why for me it was the best choice. And, you know, I, I'm very grateful for that lab. Yeah. And, but first and foremost, so grateful that God gave me that opportunity to have it done. That is amazing. Um, in the beginning of last year, I was actually going through the process of getting VSG. Mm. Um, but literally, like my first vis appointment was like March third. Oh then my god! COVID pandemic. Happened. The world blew up. Yes, yes. I was just like, it's not meant for me to have it. Like, right. I just need to chill, right? Yes. Um. So I didn't even think. I heard about lap band because lap band. I think was it first lap band and then VSG. I think it's gone through different um, cycles, I would say. I think they did a lot of the, the gastric bypasses first, and they were really mm -hmm. big. Those were very dangerous because I think it was so new. Right. And then I think the lab band kind of creeped in. The thing is with the lab band, not everyone is a candidate. Um, and some places, because so much of it depends on you too, mm -hmm. some places won't even do it. They won't even mm -hmm. offer it to people. Because okay. um, I, I do know people who've had the lab band and, not, and they've and lost it. Doesn't and it doesn't work well. They, they've lost initially a certain amount of time, but then, you know, when you, sometimes when you have control over something in your hand, sometimes you fall into the same habits because, mm -hmm. you know, there's other reasons why, why, why you're eating or, or, or something like that. So, you know, so it's not for everyone, but the lab band, I think the lab band has to have at least 20 years out, I think. 
Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. All yeah. right. That's interesting. All right. So when you do the lap band surgery, it's not just like, okay, I had it. Now I can eat whatever I want afterwards. No. There is a very particular <laughs> diet plan or meal plan that you have to follow. Yes. Um, and it says after surgery, you have to reintroduce food very slowly in phases because you're still healing. Right. Yes. So the first week phase one is a clear liquid diet. So we're talking water, clear broths, tea, um, maybe sugar-free jello and sugar-free popsicles. The second week is soft and mushy foods. So like protein shakes, fat-free yogurt, you know, Greek yogurt, pudding, things like that. The third week is soft solids. So this includes low sugar, low fat items like pureed fruits and vegetables. Yeah. Beans, applesauce, eggs, canned tuna, etc. You mentioned pureed chicken. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's when the vegetables come the in fact, handy. <laughs> the fact that we feed that to our babies. I know. <laughs> I'm like, oh lord. <laughs> Honestly, I didn't feed my. I didn't feed Ethan that. I'm. I may have like soft, like boiled chicken yes, and made it and shredded it or something. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But pureed chicken, like it just feels wrong. Fall? <laughs> yes, fall on. Yeah, all the way. That just describes it. Like, ew, yes, gross. fall is correct. <laughs> um, so after you progressed through these three phases, you have to slowly introduce new foods. So, like, but you want to start slow. Um, one of the biggest things to really keep in mind when you have any type of gastric surgery is dehydration, right? Absolutely, so you have to yes. be very mindful that you're drinking enough water. So some of some of the tips that I found after any type of gastric surgery is to carry a large water bottle wherever you go. Um, mix it up by adding ice to your beverage or making it a slushy. That was fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Take sips throughout the day, obviously. So even small sips will yeah. help you just to make sure that you're getting something in. Because honestly, you don't realize how much you don't drink if you don't like if you feel full yeah you won't drink the water right 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 your body will tell you that you're okay but you're not because you haven't taken gotten the intake you need uh, you Mm -hmm. know to hydrate yourself so absolutely these are great tips Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, another one is so you have to drink 64 hours 64 ounces a day that's the goal right yeah keeping a food journal will help you stay on track to let you know what you're eating how much you're eating and to just keep track of all of that chew your solid foods 20 to 30 times before swallowing um pay attention to the feeling of fullness and stop eating and that is so important okay my mom has vsg right and if she eats past that limit she can be in so much pain like yes. for hours because it just hurts now her half of her stomach is gone right yeah but right. even still like you can still get like um acid reflux yeah. or all of just that think about pain. it if you overeat you're, ex- you're stretching a pouch that's only you know only has so much give so yeah it's very painful mm-hmm Um, Another thing is to avoid feeling like you're so full is to avoid drinking fluids 30 minutes before and after a meal. That's wild. I trained myself. Let me tell you. And I I trained myself. That was the hardest thing for me. That has to be hard. Even though my grandmother, she like watched me when I was little. She wouldn't let me drink while I was eating food. Like that was a thing. Like to this day, if you, if she goes to a restaurant, she's, she's 93, right? So she's like this little, (laughs) (laughs) 
and like she goes to a restaurant if they give her, you know there's the water or whatever she will put her napkin over her cup so she knows that like off limits she's not having that right now you can't touch it until she's done with her food she's 93 she still does this i it's love that insane. what was her, what was her logic when she wouldn't let you drink it like what would she tell you i had to finish my food that was just <laughs> that was just the way you did it okay because mm-hmm. i've heard that some people i think my husband's um well my fiance's um grandma used to do the same thing but she used to tell him um you're gonna get a belly because i guess you oh. wash the food down so you eat more so she's like Te vas a una barriga. No, see? Get you know, out. You know yeah. what? she it could have been that she just didn't yeah. tell me <laughs> yeah. but, but she knew that you just didn't do that which is yeah mm-hmm. yeah. yeah um and this is another one so you meant you touched on this lightly before protein should be a part of each meal and eaten first right you said that you need your protein with yes, your meals, and that makes sense <laughs> it assists with the healing process maintaining muscle mass preventing hair loss which is crazy after surgery absolutely um, yes. provide energy and to help you continue to feel full okay so we're gonna get into your experience <laughs> you said you had the surgery in 2007 yeah what made you take that route so um I have been someone who had as a teenager I was average size um all of a sudden I go away to college I get the freshman 15 Mm -hmm. and then I come back I remember that summer I worked my ass off at Lucille Roberts I remember you know so I lost my (laughs) I was gonna say the one on um I don't know where you're from but the one on on third avenue I don't know if it's still there 149 and third and Like oh, in the hood, hood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I came back from college that summer. I was like, oh my God, I need to lose this weight, whatever. So I lose my weight. I go back and it was like a free-for-all after that. I don't know what happened. So I, I went from somebody, I'm, I'm short, so I'm only five feet tall. Mm-hmm. I worked from a body that was probably, what, like 128, let's say, because I've never been skinny either. Like right. Either. Um, so like all of a sudden, I found myself at like 197 pounds. Mm-hmm. when you're five feet tall that's a lot to carry around. Mm-hmm. a lot and I guess I saw this progress I just started feeling really crummy about myself right I I couldn't move the way I wanted to move um I felt the weight on me you right. know when I wear heels etc and then I remember one day you know I, I was struggling with it the diets all kinds of diets all trying kinds of them like, all tried everything I would join the, I even got a free gym membership. I remember to crunch for a year. I won a free, and that's like, oh my God, a free, you know. Yeah, and crunch is an amazing gym. Yes, girl, I went there twice and I felt so self-conscious about myself. Mm. I felt that everybody there was looking like, what's wrong with this girl? And you know, those are other issues that we have, you know, sometimes, you know. So I don't know, one day there was a commercial for the Lapin on TV. And I said to myself, hmm. Let me see about this. And then I asked one of my my friends who actually was in medical school at the time. And she saw the commercial too. And she gave me her blessing. She's like, I think that's a good idea. That's all I needed. Once she said that, (laughs) I was all to the races. The cosign. All you needed was the cosign. Right. Like she's a responsible, good person. She said it's okay. (laughs) Right. So, so, you know, so that was my turning point. And, you know, I made my appointments and I never looked back. And I'm so grateful that I did. Yeah, I was pre-diabetic. No. You know, I know we talk about the looks a lot too, but I was pre-diabetic. And that's, you know, so young, you know, at that time I was like, what, what, 24, 25. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it it was a big deal, you know, so I'm, I'm glad I did it. Yeah, no, that's it. And I feel like people, 
make you make you feel like because you had surgery, whether it's gastric, whether it's yeah. cosmetic, wh- whatever kind of yeah. surgery you have to, you know, fix your outer appearance or whatever, yeah. they make you feel bad about it. Like you yeah. didn't try. Yeah. Like, like you said, there's other reasons why you don't like working out. Right. Yeah. It's not that I don't want to do it. Right. It's because I literally I might have anxiety and the gym yeah. gives me gets me anxious. Yeah. Like, absolutely. I don't wanna, you know, I don't want to hurt myself in that way. Right. <laughs> you know, just right. because I want to lose weight. Like, you have to find what works for you at the end Absolutely. of the day. And it's not like you don't have to put in the work after. So how was it dealing with the psychological factors of eating post-surgery? Because I know that's a big thing as well. Like you you're, you know you're full, but you're still eating yes. or you see yourself losing weight and maybe you really don't see it. Like, what was it for you? What, what psychological factors were? It for so for me, I think at the beginning, I was so, I'm the type of person that when I put my focus on something, I become like semi-obsessed. <laughs> <laughs> so that's like, oh, I got the surgery. I got to follow this to the T. I did the whole, don't drink 30 minutes before, don't drink 30 minutes after. And I think I did that for like five or six years. I really trained myself. Um, and then I hit a point where then I started to feel uncomfortable or inadequate in restaurants mm. because I'm ordering my food and I literally can take two or three bites. And then depending on how quickly I'm eating, because sometimes you're having a conversation and you're just in the moment and you're eating. Then I started to realize that then I was starting to feel ill in the middle of dinner, like a pain. I would the best. I've never had a heart attack, but I think it felt it would feel like something like a heart attack is this crazy pain in the middle of your chest. Mm. and it's like, like you pressure? know like yes like this crazy pressure and all the food wants to do is come right back up I can't even say it's even throwing up because it doesn't even hit your stomach it's literally still like before it hits the, the little ring in the pouch um so you get sick and then you go to the bathroom and then I started to kind of feel inadequate because then I'll be at dinner and people could see it on my face they'll be like are you okay right you know and you're trying to be social and yes interact. and I'm trying to just be normal you know so you know there's so I went through that whole period for a while. And then I kind of like, you know, I, I started cutting myself a little bit more slack, you know, like mm-hmm. who cares, you know, yeah. you know, or maybe you're having appetite. Maybe you're having three appetizers instead of an entree, or right. maybe you'll get a doggy bag, you know, again, this time. I, I always joke around that I'm the cheapest date because my <laughs> friends always end up eating whatever I have because I always right. have leftovers. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so I went through that whole thing, but you know, at some point you just can accept it is what it is and keep it moving. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, it's a lot because there's a lot of eating has a lot of social interactions with it. Right. And I see this with my mom a lot. Like she doesn't like going out to dinner. She doesn't like things like that because she's just like, I'm not going to eat this. And her and her husband both had the surgery. So literally they'll get one entree amongst themselves and then me I'm like I feel like a fucking (laughs) like a hog next to y'all like I'm like I want to eat my whole meal like like, I can't because y'all are not eating right y'all not helping me here (laughs) (laughs) it's so wild it's so wild um what were your obstacles aside from the eating in the restaurants and things like that what would you say was the hardest thing when it came to the lap band Honestly, I think it, it ties back down to the eating. I have a relationship with eating that is not about just sustenance. Mm-hmm. I love food. Mm-hmm. Food to me is a good time. If you ask me what time of person I am on vacation, I need a nice hotel. Mm-hmm. I need a nice view and I need good restaurants. Like right. I, eating to me is an experience. Mm-hmm. So, so I think 
it definitely challenged the way I do things or the way I eat because it, it, it became, it was a part of me that had to change, yeah. Yeah. you know? So that was the most challenging for sure. How's drinking? Like, what was your first like alcohol experience? Oh my God. Can I, my fiance always says that I could drink him under the table. And it's true. Before, before the, before the, the, the prestige of the lab pants. And then I became what he calls a lightweight because I lost weight, number one. So I can hold, you know, my tolerance. And then I don't eat as much. Therefore, there's not that sustenance, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. I get down on a brunch. <laughs> <laughs> I get down, but it, it changed. It changed definitely. And you just, I just learned to what alcohol I can really do. Like dark alcohol, you know, really tries me, tries my body. Like I'm feeling for three, four days, you know. So now yeah, I know that I feel the really- sugar probably in it too. And the yes. dark alcohol. Mm-hmm. It's like, the, and I think the body after a while rejects it. Like the body's like, okay, this is too much. <laughs> Back up. Yeah. I'm 35 and my body is rejecting it without a lap band. Okay. Yes. I don't know. Okay. It's wild because everybody during the pandemic was drinking. Everybody became an alcoholic. Yeah. Not me. I did not drink at all. I, I drank maybe four times the entire pandemic. I'm not even joking because excuse me, I'm a social drinker. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I drink socially drinking home alone. Yeah, I hear it's you. not really fun for me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So the first time I drank, we went to um, Santiago's in, in beer East garden. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you so I know <laughs> anybody who doesn't know. I know Rocio via our mutual friend, Chris. Yes. Chris who was on episode two of the podcast is a brunchaholic. Okay. Yes, that man and his husband, Gio, which is my, yes. I call them my boyfriends, right? They love brunch. the cute boyfriends. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they're adorable. They're so yes. adorable. To <laughs> oh yeah. No, they, and they know every spot for brunch they and they know the owner, they know the manager. I actually went friends. to Santiago's with Chris and Gio. Like I met them there. Right. And we had mimosas, whatever. Cool. Why did I get sick when I got home? I was just like, what is going on? It's a regular mimosa. And I didn't even drink that many because I hadn't been drinking. So I, I was getting lit fast. Right, 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 right. That time I got drunk. I had wine. I didn't get drunk. I got sick. I had wine. I got sick. And then, um, I think I had like Hennessy, which I don't even know why. I, yeah. If I can't drink a mimosa, what makes you think that you can have Hennessy? Right, right. <laughs> you went up like a hundred <laughs> steps. You're like, this, this will be okay. <laughs> but in my mind, I'm like, I drink Hennessy all the time. Like, it's not even right. a big deal. Right. My Hennessy liver was, was like, listen, my liver was like, you're 35 now. I'm going to need for you to settle yeah. the fuck I need there. you to stop. Yes. <laughs> Break it down a notch or two. <laughs> for sure. Um. So yeah, eating after a lap band, drinking after a lap band, these are all things you have to take into account, right? Um, Even though it is surgery and it's quote unquote, the fast fix, it's really not. There's still a lot of work you have to put in it. Like it took you five to six years to just stay on track. You know what I'm saying? And then you were just like, fuck that. Like, yeah, I'm going to live a little. (laughs) Yeah. And obviously you haven't put on any, put on any weight. How much weight did you lose? Well, yeah. Comparing to how, how. Then I got, I put on a good 20, 30 pounds, but, but that's um, your main maintenance weight. That's also yeah. what people have to understand. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I'll be happier if I lose like 15. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I think but everybody I'm, got like, the COVID 15. 
Yeah, exactly. But I'm very thankful I am where I am. But I started like at 197. I went down to 124. And I remember, again, I'm not a tall girl. So 124 pounds on plumb on my height shouldn't be a big deal. But you know when someone's body is not meant to be that thin? Mm-hmm. So I remember somebody at work told me, oh my God, Rosie, you look gaunt. And I know it came, I know it's not the nicest word. I know it came from a good place, but she looked a little horrified. Like you're, you know, like you're really thin, but I think it's because they, number one, I don't think I've, as an adult, I've never been that, that thin. Right. I, and I, my body's probably just not built for that. Mm-hmm. And so, also but now, people aren't used to seeing you like that either. Yeah. That, that that's I think that's thing. the shock too. Um, but then I got to like a good place where like, I think my best place is like 135, 140 mm-hmm. right now. Um, I don't mind saying it. I'm like 154. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if I could lose, like I said, another 10, 15, I'll be happy, but I'm thankful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it gave you more energy. It gave yes. you just more, you know, it made your life, it improved your quality of life, which Absolutely. is always good. Yes, and that's yes, what, yes. that's what we want when we get things like this. Hey guys, so I just wanted to come on here before today's episode to remind you, if you haven't done so already, to rate five stars in your Apple Podcasts app, okay? And once you're in there, why not leave a review? You can let me know how I'm doing. You can give me suggestions up to what type of topics you would like me to discuss and also any guests that you would like to have featured on the show. And no worries if you don't have Apple Podcasts. You can always just take a screenshot of this episode or of any other pictures that you would like me to see on Instagram and tag me in it. You can always also send me an email. Everything will be linked down below. I love to interact with my listeners, okay? Let me know how I'm doing. Give me any feedback. I'm not going to take too much of your time. Let's get into the episode. Okay, so we're going to get into our next segment, okay? (laughs) So this is actually, so when I was starting this podcast, again, I thought I was going to have the VSG, right? So I named this segment Hard on My Sleeve. Love didn't that. have VSG, so it's just like, whatever. Um, but that's where that comes from. It's if anybody ever wants to know. Um, but this is where we dive a little bit deeper and talk about like real life shit, right? Yeah. Um, so I wanted to talk about, as we mentioned earlier, you being an entrepreneur and launching a business during the pandemic. We are literally coming up on a year of quarantine. Tomorrow is yeah. when the city shut down. Absolutely. Right? It yeah. was St. Patrick's Day, if I'm it not was. mistaken. It was. Mm-hmm. And I remember when you announced your launch because I was home <laughs> like, and Chris, our mutual friend, yeah. had posted it. And I was like, "Ooh, he knows somebody who's selling lashes. And I think yeah. we've like crossed paths a couple of times. Maybe I don't girl, I'd be drunk a lot of the time, so I don't be remembering. <laughs> but I'm like, if it's a friend of Chris's, like I fuck oh, with it. Right? I love that. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, OK, I love makeup. I do makeup all that shit so when I saw that you had lashes I was like I'm a follow and when you launched I was like I'm gonna cop me some lashes which I'm yes. wearing right now guys I am wearing the chiseled beauty lashes in Gatsby yeah when I tell you I love these <laughs> lashes okay Aww. they are so light but still like a pop right give you a little something there at the end yes listen lashes will make your whole face just it's just it does something and I'm mad I don't have lashes in real life but I will never forget from your marketing to your branding to your packaging and not to mention not to mention the style of your lashes I was really amazed like you really thank you so much (laughs) you you did the damn thing even from your Instagram page you know like branding and I've learned this with my podcast right branding is super important (sighs) 
Yes. It is. It's it's how people recognize you. It's how, you know, you stand out from a crowd. It's your identity. So mm-hmm. it, it is really important. So thank you so much, actually, for saying all those things. No, you're welcome. Even now, behind you, I see all your lashes behind yes. you. And I'm like, I know those are your lashes yes. just because I can tell, right? And that's the power of branding. My headquarters. So, yeah. Listen, yes. a one-stop shop, okay? Yes, making um, it work, yeah. <laughs> tell us a little bit of why you started the brand. What was your your goal with it? You know, you know when for the longest I felt that, you know, I have a great job and I'm very grateful at the job. I've been been nurtured there, you know, I've been supported there. But one thing is what you do every day, another thing is what you will want to do every day or what moves you. And I I wanted for such a long time to create something. And I am the girliest girl. Like I really am. Chris always says that I'm over the top. You're so over the top girl. Yes, I'm over the top. <laughs> I like lashes. I like makeup. I like, you know, pretty things. I'm a girly girl in, in, in terms of those things. Um, and, you know, the wheels have been turning in my head, but it wasn't until the pandemic that I honestly, it, it's my, it's probably my biggest or my only real silver lining during this time. Mm-hmm. God gave me the time, the world, I guess the pandemic gave me the time to just sit listen to my what I wanted and try and see if I can put it out there so you know I I was so grateful for that opportunity because I think if I can continue with the hustle and bustle I would have always found another excuse as to why I couldn't do it now or Mm -hmm. push it to later you know so so I'm grateful for the for the God gave me gave me the insight to take advantage of the time you know yeah there's always a silver lining and um I actually had another episode with Chris and it was titled hindsight is 2020. So like while we were going through the pandemic, we were like, this is bullshit. Like right. we're all depressed, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but looking back, you can say like, wow, like it really gave yeah. me time to step back, to reflect, yeah. to try to like come out of this better. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I feel like that happened kind of with me with the podcast. Yeah. I started this on May 1st. So okay. it's a it's a pandemic baby, just like you're like, it like, is. It's and almost like you can reassess, you know? You can For reassess sure. and and, and kind of like um, take steps forward to make whatever it is that you need to mm-hmm. feel happy come to life. So it's good. Yeah. And then also doing it through a pandemic. Like this was new territory for everybody. Yes. Like it was a brand new world. Like we didn't yes. know what was going on. We didn't know what protocols were in place. I'm pretty sure like shipping and all of that was like a headache for you. Yeah. Um, is there anything that you wanted to do in regards to your business that you were unable to do because of COVID? I think, I think also I put my, you know, I, to push this baby out, you know, Mm -hmm. figuratively during the pandemic was a catch 22 in some ways, because it was the perfect time for me to put this out there, but lashes during a pandemic where no one's seen anyone or (laughs) people are not socializing, interacting, people are not getting dressed up, you know, probably wasn't necessarily the most, um, the, the best time, but you know, like I had to take that in stride, you know, mm-hmm. so we started off slow, but we're growing and, you know, we're almost going to come up to the year anniversary. So mm-hmm. I, I can't even, I can't even focus on that in a sense, right. you know, like <laughs> I, I know it's probably not the best time, but it was my time and it just needed to happen and it happened. It gave you a year to perfect your practices, honestly, Absolutely. like in the beginning, yeah. like you know, ne- when you try something new, you never know how it's going to go. Yes. Right. So imagine if you would have had like an influx of crazy orders and then you're going crazy and then people don't order from you again because they're not getting it in time or whatever have you like I think I think because you started it during the pandemic it actually helped you because you were able to 
you know, get your practices in place, make sure yeah. you have all of all of yeah. your steps. Get to know my customers, mm-hmm. get to know my customers who, you know, who gravitates towards me and towards the lashes. You know, it is true. It, it, it kind of lets you get your footing and really understand what you're doing. So, yes, yeah, so in hindsight, I'm actually grateful for the entire experience. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So you are a one woman show, right? Yeah. <laughs> is there yeah. anything that you outsource? So the lashes, obviously, I don't make them. Right. They come, you know, they, but I work closely with the manufacturer. Um, mm-hmm. Other than that, I do everything myself. Um, mm-hmm. Chris, you know, who's actually brilliant when it comes to marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, he sometimes, like, you know, allow, we'll, we'll, we'll tag team that in terms of um, getting kind of like projects off, the um, marketing projects off. Um, yeah. But at the end of the day, it's it's really all me. And so every time you get a little handwritten note, I wrote it, you know, yeah. when it's packaged, I packaged it. So yeah, it's me. <laughs> I love that. I love that. As you grow and scale, right? Because that's the goal to yes, grow and scale, 100%. right? Would there be anything you outsource? And I ask this for a particular reason. No, I think if I grow, mm-hmm. we will then grow. We will try to grow with the business. So we will try to grow with the space. Mm-hmm. Um, I will be hands-on. Obviously, if I need help, I will hire the help. But honestly, no. This is, yeah. it's too it's close to me. Yeah, like I can't, you know what it is? Like, and, and again, it's not a judgment or anything else. But sometimes when you outsource something, you don't know when it's being, you don't have control when it's being sent out, how it's right. being sent out, um, the quality of the product. These lashes, before they go on any packaging, I review them top to bottom. Mm-hmm. And if there's one that looks wonky for whatever reason, maybe. Right, you don't put it out. Mm-hmm. I, put it to the side so you know to me that's that's quality control quality control i'm it (laughs) (laughs) there's so many different like you're you have you wear so many hats you are the ceo right you are quality control you are shipping and handling you are customer Customer service service. you are marketing you are all of this right and it's just like even though you know outsourcing or hiring can help you and maybe it can um you know, help you financially as well, Mm -hmm. because you're making more money or whatever. I don't know, like, there's just something so endearing about a small business, something so endearing about, you know, when you get products from, and you know who it's coming from. Yeah, right. And even though we're in two different spaces, I know someone, um, my coach, actually, she was just talking about she's the one who like coached me to do the podcast I should say she was talking about outsourcing her editing right Mm. and I love this woman like this is no slander to her I just want to make sure everybody knows right she's a different point right yeah she is outsourcing her like editing to which is fine because you know as you grow you want more time to actually create the content and all of that right. i get that but she's outsourcing outside of the united states and yeah. that kind of bothers me yeah. and i don't know if it's just morally for me that i'm just like you know we're going through a lot of shit here i think yeah. if it's an if it's payment like if it's a problem with payment yeah maybe people in america are charging too much money i'm sure you can find someone here who will do the work for you so I don't know it's just it's a touchy subject and it's like I can't really today you know March 16th 2021 I'm like (laughs) no I don't know if I would ever do that right right. but in two three years maybe I will so it's just like it's it's which is why I wanted to hear your thoughts on it and even to the point that you bring up um 
See, to me, outsourcing it, especially outside of the country, I will be worried, do they understand what we're, what I'm doing? Meaning, mm-hmm. not in terms of language, but sometimes even humor is so mm-hmm. subjective to, you know, your peers or or your environment. I'm right. like, are they, do they get what I'm trying to do? Are they going to cut something off that was meant to be there that, you know, was going to mm-hmm. do something else? So, so I get it. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot, but, you know, shout out to her. She's doing the damn yes. thing. Um. But yeah, it's just she had that conversation and it just got me thinking. And I was just like, I don't know how I feel. And it's like, I get it. They need money, too, obviously. But the way shit is here in America. You're right. Keep it here. Right. Yeah. It's like when you hear a big, big company shipping, you know, closing their doors here and and going out, you know, outsourcing somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And you're like, what happened to, you know, to the employees here, you know, the the people here. So I get it. Yeah. 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 So that's it. That was just my thoughts (laughs) on that. It's no judgment on anybody who is doing it. But for me, I just feel like, and that's just, and I feel like I've I've been like this before the pandemic, right? I've been real big on, uplifting community like which is why when I saw that Chris posted you I was like oh this is his friend she's starting something new I'm gonna follow and even if I buy just one lash I'm gonna buy a lash you know what I'm saying support to your fellow community yeah I love that I I, but that's what I'm about because a lot of the things that I've been able to do was because of the network that I've built because of people that I've met and I would just want to pay it forward like Give someone else the opportunity. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And you know, you I, uplift people and you make mm-hmm. people feel like, okay, you you almost kind of like validate their dreams in a sense. Like, okay, I was meant to do this. This person, you know, is responding to me. It helps them keep going forward. So it's a mm-hmm. beautiful thing. Yeah, definitely. So if anybody in New York City has anything, has any, no, seriously, because I'm looking to add ad space onto my podcast in the future. So yeah. if anybody in New York, the Bronx, tri-state area, America, I don't care. Like if you have a business, hit me up and yes. we can figure some stuff out and yeah. it'll be affordable. Help each other mutually, yes. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so we're going to get into the last segment, which is my favorite segment. All right. And it's called Are You Deadass? Okay, and this is where we rant about things that might have grinded our gears and just ask, like, are you fucking serious? You're from New York. You get it. Like, (laughs) I get it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So today I wanted to talk about cancel culture as a marketing ploy. Okay, (laughs) because I don't think people really understand that a lot of these companies are using these like trigger words or you know political whatever as a marketing ploy okay if you think Hasbro really cares if Mr. Potato Head has a gender you're bugging they don't give a fuck they don't give a decision yep they wanted you to talk about a toy that is 69 years old what kid is playing with a Mr. Potato Head right now (laughs) that's amazing you're so right who you wouldn't be talking about Mr. Potato Head right now if this wouldn't have come up? hundred percent. It's it's definitely a marketing ploy. At this point, Mr. Potato Head is a character in Toy Story. Like it's not a toy. I didn't have a Mr. Potato yeah. Head, and I'm 35 I, years old. I definitely did not either. <laughs> <laughs> like we haven't been fucking with him for a while. Um, time, yeah. They are literally just rebranding based on the news. And the mm-hmm. fact that people are really upset, it really it, it it's it doesn't make sense to me like yeah 
it's not that serious. And I heard that it's not even that they're taking away Mr. And they're Mrs. not. Needlehead. They're adding someone else who is a gender neutral. I think. Gender neutral. Yeah. Like, why are y'all so mad? People really get upset over other people being represented. Like, I, it's, I don't get it. Like, no one's taking anything away from you. Or get the get the gender neutral one and call it a girl or call it a boy. Do what. No one's keeping you from any of these things. Yeah, I, I don't get it. No one is taking away your values. No, no. one is telling your children to be trans. Like that's right. not a thing. It's okay? not a thing. <laughs> and at the end of the day, you know, times change, people change, the entire world changes. And furthermore, yeah. if you don't agree with it, making yeah. tweets, TikToks, Facebook posts is only giving Hasbro free marketing. You're yeah. only getting their word out there. You're yeah. only maybe getting website clicks for them, which yeah. helps with money. Like all of yeah. this is a marketing ploy and y'all need to really stop getting upset over a commercial. <laughs> especially especially because it has no real bearing in your everyday life. It does nothing for you in any At way. Oh, no one was caring about Mr. Potato. No. <laughs> and y'all are really mad. Yeah. It's so wild. It's, it's so, so wild. ridiculous. <laughs> Okay, so that was mine. Is there anything you wanted to get off your chest today? Um, well, <laughs> see, my my whole thing is this whole I think my biggest pet, pet peeve, especially with the things that have happened recently, is you know, people in power, people in position of power hitting people off with the whole you're in my prayer situation mm. when they have real power to make something happen. Yeah. Cut a check, set up a meeting, uh Let's start our conversation. Mm-hmm. Please stop it with the whole, you know, you'll be in my thoughts and prayers. I, I feel I like that is hug. such, I think it's people, you know, it's so, it's for the gullible. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. That, that, that's it's, one thing. It's so insincere too. Because if you yeah. really wanted to help and you mm-hmm. have the, the power to, yeah. you would do it. But you yeah. don't really want to help because you don't really care. And you just know it's politically correct to say that you're in your thoughts right. and prayers. It's the biggest cop-out. And it has mm-hmm. nothing, I have nothing against the prayer. That's that's not right. the conversation at all. It's it's the fact that they will leave you limping and mm-hmm. hit you up with, you'll be in my thoughts and prayers instead of being like, do you need help? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can I help you? Can I pick this up for you? You know, I just think that society and, and, and it's obviously it's mostly these politicians and, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it's just sad. People really, you know, will hear a message like that and think, oh, it's done and it's not. Right. Yeah. And you said politicians. And even though, you know, I'm very happy that Biden won instead of Trump. Like, absolutely. Don't, yes. don't get me wrong. 100 percent right. happy. <laughs> but he needs to get his shit together. Like, yes. I understand you getting us our, our stimulus three and a half months late. But let's yeah. not go there. Um <laughs> that shit still took forever yes you know you're now you're saying you're not going to cancel student debt and even though i'm i don't have any student debt that shit i know it would help so many people and it's just like figure something out let's get let's get it together and let me tell you like i mean i'm a little i get a little political sometimes with the things i i say but my thought is this sometimes you need to realize when you can't compromise with someone Mm-hmm. And if you can't compromise, and this is what you said to your base that you were going to provide for them, you got to push it forward. Mm-hmm. Any means necessary. You know, Mitch McConnell didn't play, didn't didn't play fair with anyone. Right. When did that man compromise? Never. But she pushed his agenda forward because that's mm-hmm. what his base wanted. And I think once liberals and Democrats get to that point, we'll see real real results here because you yeah. can't rile up a whole base 
chromosome cancellation of student debt and then renege on that. Yeah. And guess what's going to happen next time? They're not even going to get up and vote because it's going to be the same right. shit over and over again. And this is the shit that kills me because we should be voting, right? Yes. Now, is the the whole institution of voting, is it right? No, it's fucked nope. up. And it really should it's be all changed. Sorts of fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> right. But... <laughs> We have to work with what we're given now 100%. in yes. the moment. And we have to elect officials. And we also have to push the people who are in our communities who actually want to do the change to do this shit so we can get all of these old yes. white boomers yeah. out of fucking out. ruling the world. Because that's who's ruling the world. Yeah. All of these boomers are ruling yeah. the world. Absolutely. And I probably that's the only thing that I can say, or not the only thing, but the one of the biggest things I can say about the Biden, uh, the Biden um, administration is at least it's the closest I've ever seen it look like America in terms yeah. of representation. Inclusion. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. half the, the battle there. But these people need to really understand their communities and really serve these communities because these are the communities that will keep you there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. Because. If we have to we have to make change. It has to come from the smallest. Like yeah. when I'm talking about voting, I'm not just talking about the general election. Yeah. I'm talking about all of the elections. Yeah, your council right? member. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, I get mm-hmm. it. Yeah. yeah Grassroots. Sure. And, and this is something, you know, and I'm, I've said this about 27 times. <laughs> I'm 35, right? And I never cared about voting before because it never seemed like it would make a change. And if right. this election showed anyone anything, is that yes. Voting can make a change. Oh my God. Yes, it did. Yeah. You have to do it. You, you have, have to, to actually it. come out. And you know, and sometimes you're going to make shitty decisions because sometimes mm-hmm. the candidates you're literally choosing from, you right. know, the cra- a crazy, you know, like uh, no scenario there, but you have to, you can't mm-hmm. leave it to chance or you can't leave it to someone else to make the choice for you because you're going to, you're going to be impacted. Your family, your children, you have to make the choice. Yes, definitely. Especially since, you know, um, I'm a daughter of immigrants. My my mom immigrated here. Like she didn't get to vote until I was grown. So like yeah. it's my right. I was born here. Yeah, I I get to grow. I should be using that right. So oh my god, so that's true. But on that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. No, no, I was gonna say no. Just to your point, you know, I'm a daughter of immigrants as well. You know, my parents were very happy being, um, you know, legal what they call legal aliens, legal residents. You know, in mm-hmm. this country worked a whole life here, made a, you know, a, a, you know, wrote us up. But once Trump, once Trump started running and they heard the things he had to say, they got so worried and they really pushed to become American citizens at that point. And they it's did scary. so they could vote. Yeah, because it was literally threatening everything they had mm-hmm. as immigrants in this country. And it's really, really, some people will never understand, but it's very sad to feel attacked all the time like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He was just, he was an evil man. He's just evil. an evil man. Yes. <laughs> like, that's Cocky and evil. Arrogant <laughs> <laughs> evil. Yes, yes. Okay, so we're going to end today's episode. But before we do, tell my listeners where they can find you and your company. So I am on Instagram, my favorite place. <laughs> uh, you can find me at Chisel Beauty. And also you can go to our website, www.chiselbeauty.org. And um, you can shop our lashes. I'm always available. You can always drop me a little um, email, a little DM if you have any issues or any questions. Um, and I hope to see people come and support. You know, I, I, 
there's many things to come. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm very excited, very happy to share everything with you guys. Yes, I can't wait. I can't wait. Check <laughs> her out. All of her information will be linked down below in the description. Um, don't forget to follow me on Instagram, underscore Steffi Kiss, S-T-E-P-H-Y-K-I-S-S, and the Do I Look Fat pod, exactly how it sounds. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Do I Look Fat podcast, and I'll see you next Fine and Thick Friday. Thank you, guys. Bye. Thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs>